We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, happy Halloween to everybody who celebrates it, which if you do, I, I feel like you should probably be 12 years old or younger, unless you're an adult and you got some kids. You're taking them out trick-or-treating. It's a different story. But <laughs> anyway, I took some heat over that take. Uh, adults still love their Halloween. I don't. But anyway, hope you uh, are enjoying it. And on that note, welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for locking in, whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're listening to this in audio form. Appreciate you all. Today is Tuesday. Well, when this drops on the audio side, anyway, it's Tuesday. I am joined by my good friend, noted hockey creator, sports writer, podcaster, sports media personality, the most recurring guest in Talking Buffalo podcast history, my man, Joe Yurden. What's going on, dude? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's uh, we're, we're like the full swing of things on the NHL side, so that's why it's uh, locking me down for for a little while is is, is a good get. We well, not just because it's me, but also because, because it means I've got like some time on my hands to get free. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, this is um. So we're taping this on Monday. Let's call this roughly dinner time, and it's important to throw that out there for a couple of reasons. Number one, the NFL trade deadline is well when you're listening to this later today. So as we tape, not really anything going down on the Buffalo Bills side of note on the trade market. Uh, so, uh, and plus the Sabres were off today, which is, yes, that's rare on the hockey side. It, it's almost weird to me how much the team practices with as many games as they play. Yeah. You know? it's, uh, I listen, a, a thing that the, uh, the PA won a few years back was like mandated like days off. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because if you leave it up to a coach, they'll practice every day. You know, that's that's the way it's want. And some players like that, too. Some guys don't like having uh, a day to kind of like chill out and, and rest easy. Like it's like uh, one of those. I don't know what to do with my hands kind of things. But um, because everybody's a creature habit. But like sometimes it's it's due. And, you know, listen, schedule schedule's funny. So uh, getting a day, getting a day where it's like you don't have to go down to the arena. I don't have to like talk to anybody. You don't have to do anything. It's it's. It's a nice break, although 
sometimes uh sometimes it can come at an inopportune time this is not one of them this is this is the perfect time <laughs> well it's not really a, a day off for you it might be a day off for the sabers no, but right. you're doing the show with me monday around dinner time uh you just recorded a couple hours ago this week's episode of maintenance day the podcast mm -hmm. that you do with lance Ozowski from the buffalo news that's out so after everybody watches or listens to this make sure you go check out that as well a lot more hockey talk than we'll do today because I bullshit you with so many other <laughs> things when, when I get you on. It's been, like I said, it's been a couple of weeks and it's nice to be able to get you on where you're not kind of squeezing in between mm -hmm. the end of practice and maybe or or a morning skate before uh, before a, a Monday game for sure. So at the, listen, we're going to talk Sabres today. I, I, the offense is starting to click. I want to get your takes on that. Well, I mm -hmm. want to talk about the Zach Benson, uh, Matthew Savoy decision and maybe Luminaire for the team, um, a very big week for the Buffalo Bills, of course, a measuring stick game, a true one, I believe, mm -hmm. in the Sunday night when they traveled to Cincinnati, really good this past week. We'll talk about that a little bit as well uh, at the very top. So again, this is Halloween. I, I kind of, to use a wrestling term, I buried Halloween a little bit here at the top. Just not a Halloween guy to me. It's always been, it always used to be anyway, a kid's holiday, and now it's you know, adults have hijacked it and it's become an mm -hmm. adult holiday, but whatever. L let me ask you a, a very important question before we get into any sports talk today. And this mm -hmm. is important, Joe. Okay. So today is Tuesday, October 31st. Tomorrow is Wednesday, November 1st. Mm. Halloween passes today. Tomorrow is a new month. It's November. Is, is November 1st to you in your world officially Christmas season? Are we in Christmas season starting tomorrow? Or does that not come to you until later on? It's a later on thing for me. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I've always been on the mind that like the day after Thanksgiving is the start of Christmas time. But that kind, I, I kind of got that shaken from my core uh, when I was when I, you know, my first career in radio. Um, our station and well, our like our company always kept an ear to the one of the quote unquote competing stations that would do Christmas music all day long. Right, because mm -hmm. different stations will switch formats for the season. Play just Christmas music all you know all freaking right. day long till Christmas and whatever. And there was a you know a competing station that would do it. Also, one of you know our oldies station would would do that. You know, because I guess you know I don't know maybe that's maybe that was the target audience. You know, grandmas and grandpas that wanted to listen to Christmas. I I don't know. I don't whatever the thinking was. <laughs> but, but they would they would have somebody would be paying attention to what the other station would do. And when that station flipped, when that station decided, ha ha Christmas time, our oldies station would flip within the hour. Like they were ready for it. Like they had a day picked out that, you know, if, you know, if everything went by their schedule, they would do it that day. Yeah. But if the others, but if the competing station did it, they would flip like moments later. So the one I'll never forget what it was one of the craziest days in the office that year and i remember it perfect because it was freaking veterans day like it, it veterans day like you know it's a holiday for a lot of people you know whatever it's fine but like people running around like crazy like our you know i did the morning show so the morning show was done and i'm like at my desk and you know working on stuff and people are running around and like okay we got i'm thinking like there's a huge like news emergency or some stuff going on i'm like i get up and walk around like what's going on they're like like oh uh, whatever station uh, just switched to Christmas so now they got to change everything over at Oldies and I was like what and like everybody's being a psycho about this and just like losing their mind because they had to change like the ads they got to change all the playlists they got to do all this stuff 
and it was friggin' Veterans Day. And I'm like, why are we? Why now? Why? why <laughs> it's, I'm like, we're barely a week into November, man. Like, and like people are freaking the hell out. And I'm like, okay. I was like, dude, it's it was Halloween last week. <laughs> what are we doing? So yeah, uh, it's ain't Christmas time for me yet. But like, <laughs> if we get snow ahead of time. That that's like the that's like the natural switch for me is that like we get snow that first time and it's like cold all the time. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I can I, I can I can relent and say like, all right, it's it's go time. But I, I don't know. I like Thanksgiving <laughs> too much to just skip over it and get right into Christmas. That's, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. To me, Thanksgiving is a day, though. It's not really it's not a season. It is a holiday and it's a great one. You get yeah. family and or friends together. You, you, you eat together. You break bread. You mm-hmm. watch football. It's a great tradition. I guess Black Friday has become a tradition too now the next day. So Still, to me, it's not a season. It's just like it's an interruption of Christmas season to me. It's a specific day. <laughs> but I will say this. I, I And this is a non-committal answer, and, and I hate myself for it. But I'm halfway there because I do really? not think – I don't I don't think you should put up Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving. Like I did that last year, yeah. and I hated it. I, I had shit up by like November 2nd or 3rd, <laughs> and that's too early. I hate it. I'm not trying to drive by people's houses and see Santa's shit up on the windows yeah. and on the front lawns. It's too early for that. But Christmas music, and especially movies, mm-hmm. this, there's too many of them now. There's yeah. so many Christmas movies. If you wait until after Thanksgiving before you say, I'm out watching a Christmas movie until after Thanksgiving, Mm-hmm. Between all the classics and the new ones that come out every year, yeah. you can be able to watch them all. Yeah. So, and I'll well, I mean, it- you like way more Christmas movies than I. Yeah, do. I know you're you're nuts about them, and <laughs> even though yeah, I but I think that- you that in the uh, in our top five votes, the the one it, I was going to say, my fondness for Christmas movies didn't stop me from receiving one of the biggest ass whoopings in the history of our draft. We get over fifty drafts, you know, a weekly yeah. thing that went over a year, uh-huh. and. I don't have the data in front of me, but I do remember the Christmas movie draft that we did was one mm-hmm. of the most lopsided um, drafts that we ever had in terms of to 15 or something. Yeah, like that. you absolutely, you fucking killed down. me. It was, and a, it was your fault because you watched all these new, like these newer yeah, ones yeah. made within like the last three years. And you're like, yeah, you're like, you're oh just, man, I'm ready. And I'm like, you're going to psych yourself out. You're going to lose it. I did. I overthunk Trashed. it. You, you, you kept it. You kept your game plan nice and simple, but effective, <laughs> and you beat the living shit out of me. But anyway, yeah. So that, and also Christmas music too. But like, yeah, I will tell you right now. Like, I got Sirius FM. I will or Sirius Radio satellite. Mm-hmm. I will be searching for the Christmas music this week when I'm when I'm driving around. Uh, see, yeah. like, I was. What was it? I was out shopping. Now, I, this was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for like some more shirts to buy or whatever, and. Uh, stop by a Kohl's, you know, Kohl's department store. Whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. They, they got, you know, I mean, listen, I'm not a fashionista. Like you're not going to catch me buying like, you know, name brand clothes, like just whatever. Just give me something that fits and looks, looks okay. What, you know, walk up to the front, it's Kohl's, like whatever, walk inside and they already had Christmas stuff everywhere. And it's like the middle of October. And I'm like, get out of my face with this. Like, what? like, they're like, tis the season. I'm like, for what? For a costume? Like, get out of my face. Yeah. You know, you brought up a good point too. I, I think you need to have a little bit of snow in that type of weather for it to really cold weather. Dude, season. it was like 70 a week ago. Like, yeah, I, I know Christmas mindset with 70 I know. Weeks. I'm out of here. It's weird because I love Christmas season so much, but I hate fucking being cold. So I'm like, <laughs> they pro- post Thanksgiving, which again, to me, that's the scene of Christmas. I'll watch movies right. and music now, but the scene 
of Christmas starts after Thanksgiving. I'll take snow and cold weather for right up until New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. January 2nd on, fuck that. I, I hate it and I hate my life. Um, <laughs> one other thing. Sorry. So look, we're having a little bit of light fun here talking about Christmas. I do want to ask you a relatively serious question here. And I want, I don't mm-hmm. want your honest answer. Didn't tell you about this before we started taping. For people who, you know, have been watching and listening to you on the show for a long time now, we mix in some some jokes, some, you know, some banner with some mm-hmm. serious questions and topics every now and then. This is kind of one of them. And this is in light of um, Matthew Perry dying last week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put up a graphic and, and I'll explain it on the, on the uh, audio side for people because most people are listening, not watching. But one of my friends, I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to call it the person, but they put up a meme uh, about. This was not naming him specifically Matt Perry, but you could tell this was relative to him passing away. Mm-hmm. And then somebody, another friend who I'm friends with on Facebook anyway, put up a comment and I wanted to get your opinion on this. All right, let me start with the graphic. And again, this was after Matthew Perry died to him specifically, but it's kind of like a general comment that I know some people feel. The meme says, it's a picture of Robert Downey Jr. I'm pretty sure he's playing um, Tony Stark in this meme. Right. Anyway, it says me, after a celebrity dies and everyone acts like they lost the best friend. And it's a picture of Robert Downey having his arms folded with his eyes rolled up. Like, come on, man, really? That's like what the meme suggests um, physically. Now, mm-hmm. on the uh, comment section, a-, a friend, and again, I want to call the person out because whatever, it doesn't serve any purpose f- for you and I. But he says this, how do we have emotional attachment to people who don't care if we exist? At least any more than we do for any random death of someone we don't know. Sure, there should be that twinge of respect and sadness, but the extremes people feign when some random person dies who had no tangible impact on their life has always been alarming to me. Basically, what this person is suggesting and what the meme suggesting is that these celebrities who have passed away, these people who don't know you, who don't Mm -hmm. even know you even exist in this world, why are we writing, you know, paying homage to them? Why are you writing basically obituaries on your Facebook or Twitter? Stuff like that. That kind of annoyed me and upset me, but may, I'm thinking yeah. maybe it was just me. I've always trusted your opinion to, to, you know, to be objective and not agree with me, just to agree with me. What, what do you think when you see a, a meme like that? And again, this was in light of Matthew Perry dying, and it could be for any other celebrity too that, yeah. you know, that passes away. What do you think when you see something like that? People who are saying, Whatever they say, you see the tweets, you see the Facebook statuses. Like, what's your thought on that? Uh, first off, I think anybody who posts something like that and sincerely means that they're being an asshole. Thank you. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't I don't want to guide your opinion, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, uh, things like that, man. Like, first off, I'm, you know, I, I'm a big, I, I'm an empathetic person. Like, I, you know, yeah. People are going through stuff like I, you know, it, it, you can't sympathize unless you've been through it. But otherwise, it, you can feel that person's, you know, f- it, you know, it, 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 I don't know quite how to explain it. It's like you, you're basically saying like you're devoid of of any sort of human feeling like right. be sad about mm-hmm. you know, somebody passing just in general. Like, well, they're not my relatives. So why should I give a shit? Like, I don't know you. They don't give a shit about you. you. They don't know you. They wouldn't care about you. Like, come on, man. Like, can you give me a break with that stuff? But like, when it's a celebrity, it's like, well, if you've enjoyed their work or if you've enjoyed their body of work or if you like something that they were in, like, you're not, you're probably not watching that thing and going like, I bet that guy sucks at life. Like, you're not doing 
shit like that. Like you're not, I mean, if you, if you do look at things like that, man, like your life is pretty joyless, yeah. honestly, you know, I, I, you know, like for me, like I, I commented on, um, what was it? I commented on blue sky about, uh, you know, getting to meet Matthew Perry very briefly in 2012, uh, doing the Stanley cup finals. I was in Newark, New Jersey. And, you know, running down to the go to the King's dressing room and Perry's a was a big hockey fan. You know, I think he was Canadian too. I think he was a Canadian, but he was like a big, big hockey guy, big hockey fan, played in like that's the they, they would always do like those celebrity hockey like get togethers where it was like mm-hmm. Alan Sick and got you know, pe- people people in LA, like Michael J. Fox would play in that stuff. Just basically if you're a Canadian you and you knew how to ice skate, you're playing hockey and like doing these Hollywood things. But uh, but like Perry was part of that too. But um, but he was he was like genuinely a a pretty big Kings fan too. And, you know, I'm running to the Kings room and this is in uh Prudential, you know, Prudential center, Prudential arena in New Jersey mm-hmm. and going down to the room and I, you know, kind of stand outside waiting for waiting to get let in and do interviews and things like that. And stand outside and went to see Matthew Perry, just kind of casually standing there, hanging out in the hallway. And I look at him, I go, Hey, how are you? And he just gives me that look of like that, the I, all I can do is like describe it as like the Chandler hello, where he's just standing there and he's like doesn't want to be talking to anybody because you know he just kind of wants to be left alone. So yeah, I respect that. Sure. Um, he's just kind of standing there and he looks at me and he eyes eyes wide, just hi, how are you? And I'm like I'm gonna leave you alone now because you obviously don't want to be engaged by anybody <laughs> at this moment standing outside you know standing outside the King's locker room in, in New Jersey waiting to. I, I'm assuming that he got to be fan, you know friends with some of the guys on that team, but. Um, but it was just cool, like just to be able to see a guy, just be, oh hey, yeah. you know, appreciate your work, you know, nice to see you. And just hi, doing like that whole it, it was a total like it felt like a total like Chandler thing, but um, you know, I'm certainly not gonna pretend like I'm his friend, but like, you know, his his body of work and his history just doing doing stuff. I mean, I, I was not a friends fan by any stretch, but like I wasn't either, and everybody knows was, that if there was a character on that show where I was like, I like him. Same. Chandler. Like Same. Chandler was the guy. So Same. um maybe it was partially because it kind of felt like Matthew Perry wanted to be anywhere, but on that show, but he's like, no, I'm here. So just fuck it. Who cares? But, right. um, but I mean, like, you know, I, well, I mean, just, yeah, he did a couple, uh, you know, a couple movies parent, you know, uh, where he, it wasn't like a big role, but like, you know, you're just kind of, like, Oh, Hey, there he is. And then he owns the role for however long and you're like, cool. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's celebrity passes, man. Like if you've seen their work and you appreciate it, you're just like, Oh man, it sucks. Cause you know, you start digging into like, you're like, Oh, I remember watching this when I was X age or whatever, you know, however old. And you're like, Oh no, I'm getting old. You know, it's like one of those, you know, you kind of associate your life with different pop culture things too. So, you know, plus if you're a basic, decent human being, somebody, somebody dying is just not terrible. It's terrible news. Like if you're just kind of sitting there going, ah, fuck them. Like get a life. Yeah. That's dude. You know what? I I think you said it perfect, man. And, in terms of the meme, I just feel like that's insensitive. And in terms of the comment, I just, I, again, I just think that's a terrible take. I'm not a, I was not a, a friends fan. I, I bashed that show. I have fought with fans of friends numerous mm-hmm. times. I agree <laughs> with you, by the way, if I were to like one character and I'm not just saying it because he passed, but Chandler was right. definitely the one that I disliked the least. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. I liked him in a couple movie roles, but even if I don't, it's still, you know, I'm paying respect to him. Right. And I, I think I tweeted something about, you know, didn't I hated friends, whatever. I liked him in fools rushed in a couple other things, mm-hmm. but anyway, just what if 54 years old and, you, and he drowns, what a shitty yeah. way to die. And just what tragedy. So young, 
Mm-hmm. But even in the case where, you know, maybe that celebrity didn't have any impact, like Matthew Perry had no kind of cultural impact on my life. But the, the point was, is they're talking about some people who say, well, this person doesn't even know you fucking ever even existed. They don't care about you. That doesn't mean you can't have empathy or if that person, you know, especially celebrities, they tend to impact pe- a lot of people. Right. Like, I'll give you an example. Like my father, I'll never forget this, man. I was a little baby still, not, maybe a little more than a baby, but I was very, very young. Thurman Munson died. And I don't know, I might've been five, six years old. I remember my dad bawling his eyes out Mm -hmm. when Thurman Munson died. There have been celebrities in my life who don't know I exist Mm -hmm. that had a very big impact on my life for whatever reason. They barely, maybe not not necessarily an impact, but they certainly brought me joy and brought emotions to my life through music. Like Mike, you know, say what you will about Michael Jackson, you know, through the years and all that accusation stuff. But musically in the eighties, I grew up, I was Michael Jackson was God to yeah. people who like pop music in my mm-hmm. age when you were a kid. Prince dying. That was a very big deal, man. That affected me because mm-hmm. I Prince was such a his music was such a, a big part of my life growing up. Recently, Olivia Newton John, yeah. <laughs> my first yeah. celebrity, literally my first celebrity crush. I thought she was the most beautiful female on the face of this earth, man. My whole teenage years, I would think about Olivia Newton John. I'm just saying, some of these people. You know, they bring impact in a lot of the sports athletes that we grew up fans of our team, mm-hmm. watching them, all the, the the great moments, the great memories that they gave you, man. They pass yeah. on, whether you know them or not, you can fucking have some empathy. And, you you know, right. what's the big deal about writing a couple paragraphs showing uh, respect? It's, some people, oh, you're writing an obituary for this person? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. You know, it's, what's fucking five minutes of my life to sit there and, and pen a couple paragraphs to, mm-hmm. to pay respect to somebody that, had a, an impact on how I felt about things in my life. I don't know. Yeah. It just really, it did not sit well with me. Like I said, this was for Matthew Perry specifically, but what they're basically saying is any celebrity who dies and we don't know them and we're taking time out of our life and treating it like a big deal. Well, in yeah. some cases I feel like it is. Yeah. I, anybody who like my patience for that stuff, I, probably a good reason why there's, you know, I, I don't look on Facebook quite, <laughs> quite as much as I used to. Cause there'd be, You'd have friends or you know family or whatever that would post things like that, and you're just like, "Geez, man, like, okay, like, whatever." And you're just like, "This, I can't, I can't be dealing thinking that I've got friends and family that feel like this." Just you know about things like that in general, and like that opens up a whole wide scope of different things around the world and life and whatnot. But like, you know, it just, I don't know, it's the classic like. You know, better better to say nothing than uh, you know, uh, you know, better to say better to say nothing than open your mouth and and let everybody know what a jackass you are. You yeah. know, it's that, People, it's that kind of thing. Whether you know the person personally or not, whether it's somebody in your family, an acquaintance, a friend, whatever it may be, we've talked about this before on the show on a more serious side. People always grieve in different ways, and there's no right or wrong way to express sorrow over something. That mm-hmm. happens. So just let people be what they're going to be. And, you know, I always maintain this attitude that we're all different and I don't have to agree with some of your takes and some of your philosophies of, to be your friend, you know, or at least an acquaintance, yeah. whatever. But when I see some stuff now, as I maybe it's because I'm getting older, mm-hmm. I'm just, I start to question more like, all right, why am I friends with somebody yeah. who would feel this way towards something? It used mm-hmm. to be. And it's still is to a large extent. Well, I don't have to agree with how you feel about things for us to still be friends. But now I'm starting as I get older, Joe, I'm starting to be like, oh, you know, do I really want yeah. this kind of energy around me in my life? Right. 
you know? So yeah. it's like, if you feel this way about like something that's kind of in the grand picture of things like trivial, like, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, does a celebrity death affect you? Like personally, probably not, but like, you still feel bad about it. But like, if this is how you feel about something like at that level, where are you at on like more important issues? Like where, you know, where, you know, how, where you feel, you know, how do you, you know, if I mentioned this about like a, you know, like a relative passing, like, well, they ain't my relative. So screw you. Like, like, yeah, what? like what? Like, come it's, on. It's uh, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's just sad. I don't really have a good way to segue into some actual sports right. talk here. So we're just going to do it. I don't know. That was just something that weighed on my mind. And like I said, you've always been like that guy that I kind of talk about these things with, mm-hmm. um, on the show, something for everybody who's watching or listening, certainly to to chew on to. I'd love to know how you feel about that when you see a, a, a meme or, or comments like that. So, anyway, all right, let's let's get into the Sabres for a few minutes, and we'll take a break. A very impressive victory on Sunday. You were there, obviously, mm-hmm. covering the game over Colorado, four to nothing. I, I'll tell you this: I talked with Tone Pucks on my show yesterday. It really took the the Bills. I hate when the Bills don't play on Sundays. You know how I feel. Give me yeah. 17, 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon games. I've said that a million times. But anyway, the Sabres having a game to look forward to against a good team kind of really took the sting away from, from the, the Bills not playing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of felt to me like going into the game, I'm like, well, really good teams coming here. If nothing else, I'm going to get an entertaining Colorado whooping Buffalo ass whooping <laughs> no matter what to be entertained. Quite the opposite, much to my delight, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh Let's start here because again, we're you know, this is dropping on Tuesday in terms of the game itself, kind of going to be old news. But what I, I'm interested in hearing from you is what was the vibe like in the locker room after that game? Again, a shutout against one of the elite teams in hockey in Colorado. What was the vibe in the locker room like? What was the tone with Granado during his uh post game presser? Stuff like that. Like it, it, it would seem to me that this was one of those uplifting kind of days for, for the Sabres. Yeah, it definitely was because that even though the record might not totally show it, like they've been playing pretty well the last few games before that. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could argue they should have won the game in Jersey. You know, you get a you get a goalie injury, you get that stupid non call on the puck over glass thing, like just, uh, just that fucking penalty, man. Yeah. I, I if I could cast one penalty out of the rule book forever, make it that one. Just I hate it so much. Um, and especially when it's not called, when it's very obvious, just so stupid. Um, but uh, you know, should have won that game. They should have won the Ottawa game five to one. Let's be serious. Like that's kind of kind of got a little bit rattled at the end by you know again questionable penalty calls and then you know the rough stuff and the nonsense and all that. You know, mm-hmm. But still won that game. You know, UPL played well. I know it's five to four, but people will be like, "Well, he must have sucked at the end." I don't know, watch the last three goals Ottawa scored and tell me if it was his fault. But, um, but, uh, but they have been playing better of late. You know, the fancy stat stuff agrees with that. I'm not going to get into it. Like, there's no need to like try to explain any of that stuff. But like, right. the, number, the deeper numbers have indicated that they they're playing better than the results that they're getting. Uh, and it, this was kind of a culmination of that because they they played. They had one line that absolutely rolled everybody, and it was Skinner, Middlestat, and Paterka. That line crushed Colorado all game long. Every time they were out there, they were doing something impressive. They scored two. They scored two goals because Middlestat and Paterka each had a goal. And, Fun to watch. Yeah, they, they, you know, and you know, fancy stats weren't their friends with the other three lines, but I mean, whatever. Uh, Lukanen played great. Um, was locked in all game long. There wasn't really like that any sort of 
you know, sometimes there's a little bit of that latent nervousness that comes with his starts where you're like, oh, I hope it holds up, you know, like one of those deals. But first uh, few minutes, he was big because Colorado oh, he, came out pretty quick. Ice in his veins the first like five, five to 10 minutes because yeah. he had to be. <laughs> he yeah. didn't have a choice. Colorado came out blazing. But yeah. Um, but that was it. That was as perfect of a game as you could you could ask from them. That was that was maybe their the the best play game they've had all season long, and uh, they got rewarded for it. Get it? You know, they get Luka in his first NHL shutout. That's great. Um, I think Don was very happy with with the complete effort of the team. I think he really was happy with that. He was obviously happy about Luka and uh, getting rewarded there. He was you know he was hoping there wasn't going to be some kind of like dumb bounce late in the game that cost some. Uh, Cost him a shutout because that happened to uh, that happened to Comrie, uh, <laughs> happened to Comrie just like what last week I think it was, um, where you know you get a dumb bounce off two guys out. Is that high. the Islanders Islanders game was, was the that? Islander game, yeah. 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 Where yeah, it goes it goes off Cousins, off Clifton, and then into the net. So yeah, so you get like one of those dumb things. And um, but but I mean you know listen, Lukanen's played pretty well. That's good. The team was really happy about you know punching that one home and and doing well with it and. Um, you know, for Colorado, I mean, they got maybe got caught looking ahead to going home. What, you know, whatever. McKinnon was kind of lost his cool there for a bit, but worked okay because even though he sat for 12 minutes, they Colorado got what six power plays in that game, which you know, maybe two of them were deserved. <laughs> they, right. You know, uh, the PK has been awesome all season. They were so bad last year, they were great again. You know, keeping Colorado's power play off the board is really impressive because that's a that's a circus unit. That can just do crazy shit all game long and score all all game, but uh, a great game, a really great game, and it's you know, and listen, I know a lot of the fans have been a little bit down about you know the you know the record, the start, and all this, and people just getting you know kind of football brained about you know every loss being like oh it's like it canceled the season you know like <laughs> you know you start out you know, like they're what four and four now or something four and, and, four like, and five but yeah four and five yeah, so yeah, like yeah. you get football brained about it and you're like oh they're so far back oh they got no shot i'm like bros 70 70 games to go <laughs> just everybody chill yeah i look you're right. At the same token, you also don't want to start say two and seven. No, in a conference as good as as the East, because you know you close your eyes and bam, you're buried in a hole that you can't yeah. get out of. Fortunately, the Sabers have been able to avoid that. Uh, the offense is definitely getting going now. You can yeah. certainly see it starting to cook. They've scored four goals or more three straight games, and they've scored at least three and six of their last seven. Um. I want to save for after the break to talk to you about Savoy and Zach Ben. So we'll get to them mm -hmm. in a couple minutes. But I saw a graphic that the Sabres uh, PR put out today, actually on Monday. So Darlene's got a point in eight straight games. Yep. God. You know what? Yep. Quick detour. Because <laughs> we've been doing this podcast long enough for years. Mm -hmm. Before last year, before the Sabres really started, you started to see what they could be and what Darlene could be. Because last year he became a true superstar and he yep. is without question a superstar in this mm -hmm. league now but i remember back to two and a half three even three and a half four years ago talking to you mm -hmm. when it came to darlene and i'll never forget man you used to to say on this podcast maybe this guy needs maybe he needs to see a psychologist or something because <laughs> it was it, he was in his own head and yeah. you would see it early in the season this mm -hmm. guy would kind of play shitty and yep. then he would kind of pick it up and turn it on as the season went on. Well, now completely different ball game. This mm -hmm. guy has looked good since puck drop 
in game one for the last two years now. So anyway, it's just fun to see him grow. But hey, he's had points in eight straight games. Uh, Skinner, five. He's playing really well. Mm-hmm. Tage, Power, Yoki Haru, and, and uh, Tuck have mm-hmm. points in three straight games. Yep. Uh, talk about a couple of these guys. Most notably to me, Tuck, because when they, who did they play on Monday? Montreal last week. Yeah. I tweeted during the game. I said, Sabres Twitter, is it okay to say that Alex Tuck sucks right now? Because it looked like he was playing shitty early in the season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people agreed. And then it was the very next night in Ottawa. He looked awesome. Yep. I quote tweeted myself. I said, Sabres Twitter, is that all right to say that <laughs> Alex Tuck is magnificent? Because it looked like <laughs> in one night he kind of turned his shit around big time. Yep. That was the Gordy Howe Etrick night. But anyway, yep. talk about a couple of these guys and just the offense. It just seems like it's they're starting to get it. It's starting to click for them. Yeah, yeah, Tuck especially. Uh, that Montreal game, he, it was maybe his worst game of the year. You know, he was just all over the place. There's turnovers, just kind, of, just not himself, right? Uh, and you know, it, he he was dealing with some kind of injury during camp that it probably came into the beginning of the year. So yeah, there was something affecting him. Like you know, there was there was some practice days where it was just like he wasn't practicing, and it's like that's not really his style. So it's like, you know, he's dealing with something, but like, it's the beginning of the year. You don't want to go into the year, you know, nursing something or trying to fight through something like it just sucks. And I, to me, it just, it pointed out that like, he's probably fine now. Like they, like whatever, whatever was bugging him is gone. And that, but that Montreal game, I think might've been the wake up call for him to be like, I gotta get my shit right here. I gotta, I let's, let's get it going here. And the Ottawa game instant turn on like that was, Literally. He was like right back to his old self, you know, being a power forward, being, you know, being in the right place all over the ice, playing hard, drove Ottawa crazy. I mean, he obviously made Brady Kachuk mad late in that game to get a fight out of him and well, kind of a shitty hit too. Let's be real. But like, that's, you need Alex playing physical that way. You need him playing, you know, playing like a power forward. And he's done that each game since because he's been, spot on he's been he's been exactly what you need him to be so that's whatever it was maybe maybe he needed a really bad game like that to kind of wake him up or what but um but i remember we we spoke with with don after that after the montreal game but that was a game that they they should have won that that's a should have won game because uh, oh yeah they let him out. out of his mind so you know whatever but um but you know I think it was even Lance who asked about Alex after that game. Like he's like, well, you know, we're you know, we'll be talking with him. We'll get it. We'll get things. You know, we'll get things figured out. But you know, listen, he's he's been on point ever since that game, which is great to see. Um, the Darlene thing. It's funny that you're like, well, for the last two years he's been great off the bat, and I'm like, yeah, well, you got a Ralphectomy. That's what happened. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> you got Ralph rid of Ralph, and suddenly, uh-huh. suddenly he's great. The same thing goes for Skinner, and like you know, all the you know. All these guys that we talked about last year is like, wow, what's different? I'm like, well, I know what's fucking different. Oh, Ralph, back to me. <laughs> but, um, but it's weird though, because you know, like Tage is on a streak, and everybody was like, why isn't Tage scoring? And then you know, he scores a few goals. They're like, oh, everything's normal again. And I'm like, well, he was fine. It's just the puck sometimes doesn't go in. But yeah, um, which it happens. It's talking. Happy birthday to Tage, by the way. We're yeah. taping this on his birthday. Uh, 26 years old, man. It feels feels like. Yeah. Maybe because he was part of the Ryan O'Reilly trade, that he was the young prospect. It feels like that trade was a century ago. So you would think Tage is so much older, but yeah. he just turned 26 here on Monday, October 30th, man. He's still yeah. a young kid. Well, not, he, you know, not young compared to a lot of his teammates, but right. he's still pretty goddamn young. 
July 2018 was that trade. That's which is wow. crazy. Over five years ago. Great. Right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it was five years ago. Because because and I only remember it because who won the Stanley Cup in 2019? Oh, St. Louis did. Who was the who was the consummate? That was Ryan O'Reilly. That's right. Yeah. 2018, 19. Okay. But like, yeah, it's been here five like five years, and he's been a superstar now for for like three years now. Well, this is like his third year being a superstar because that breakout season was like, whoa, wait a minute, what what's this? And then you went over top of it last year, and you're like, oh no, he's for real. Okay. <laughs> but he's uh I, i'm putting something together on tage now where it's not just the offense for him i don't know if you've noticed but he and jordan greenway are like a penalty killing tandem now yeah which is terrifying if you're carrying the puck at the top of the the, the zone and you've got two guys that are six foot five six foot six just like get right on top of you trying to, you know, you're trying to pass the puck and you've got, you know, like 12 feet of arms coming out at you like from everywhere. And you're just like, okay, all right, that's, that's enough. I don't, I don't want this anymore. Get away from me. But, um, but yeah, so I work putting together some of his defensive, some of the defensive numbers or whatnot for him. And I, let me tell you, if this guy's playing defense as well as he's playing offense, Jesus, good luck, everybody. Cause <laughs> Oh my God, you're you're talking a 40 goal guy that's that can prevent goals at an equal kind of rate. Like that's bonkers, bonkers shit. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I am back here with Joe Yurden. By the way, for everyone watching or listening, go to my Twitter. I have a, a prize pack giveaway going on right now. You could win 20 wings and a large pizza from Imperial Pizza, Macy's Place Pizzeria, and Sunny Reds, all three. That's got to be at least $150 value. All you got to do is go on my Twitter. It's real simple. You got to retweet the tweet that's pinned on my uh at the top of my Twitter page. And then you got to reply with a screenshot that you're subscribed to this either on Apple or Spotify to be eligible to win. But like I said, three elite places you can get pizza and wings from. Mm -hmm. Um, Back here with Joe Yurden. All right, so we were talking Sabres before the break. Before we get to a couple of minutes of some Bills talk here, I a question that I'm very interested in and seeing how things play out, and I know a lot of Sabre fans are right now, is what happens with Zach Benson as of right now, he's played six games. He can get up to nine before the Sabres burn a year of his uh, ELA, his entry-level contract. Or ELC, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, right now, as things stand, 
And Matthew Savoy also is, is definitely worth noting. He's in Rochester on a conditioning assignment, but that will end at the end of this week, uh, if I believe. And then the Sabres will have to make a decision because, as we all know, um, he can't not play for Rochester other than the conditioning assignment, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, so one or both of them, are they going to both be on? What happens with these two guys as you see things playing out right now? Now, Eric Comrie, this is important potentially, goes on IR which could open up a roster spot while Tomry's on IR. So hypothetically, the Sabres could hold on to both these guys when when that decision comes, which again, this decision is coming soon because Benson's only got three more games before they got to mm -hmm. decide and Savoy's in Rochester for this week. And then they got to decide on him too. How do you see things as of right now, at least playing out? And by the way, before you answer, I'm sure you talked about this and a lot of other things on the Maintenance State podcast with Lance. Oh, yeah. So like I said at the beginning, make sure you go hear that after uh, – you watch this, but what's your thoughts on that as of right now? So, yeah, so Lance and I did discuss this a little bit. So spoiler, if you've listened to that already, thank you. We appreciate you. Mm -hmm. uh, appreciate you listening and subscribing and all that stuff. We, we thank you. Um, so it, it, you might, you'll get a little bit of a repeat touch here. So just, you know, but don't go anywhere. Just keep listening. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think Benson's going back. I think, yeah. he's going, I think he's going back, but it won't be for another week because I think they want Savoy to play, uh, the rest of the games that he's he can play in Rochester, um, because he can play because uh, he can play. I think there's three more because they play Wednesday, was it like Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. I think they play. Uh, I think that's what the Rochester schedule is right now. But he, you know, he, but he scored. Uh, he scored his first his first goal the other day. Um, got a very nice assist. Uh, recently, so I think he's up to three points already. Um, three points, three games, maybe. Yeah, I saw a couple right. of clips. He's he's looks fast too. Yeah, he's extremely fast, and they've had him playing with Yuri Kulik and Isak Rosean, which is just fun. Yeah. <laughs> just to be very plain about it, that's super fun that they, that they have those guys together. Yes, yeah, Savoy's got a goal and two assists in three games. Um, got a power play assist in his first game, then scored the next game, and then had the had a nice pass to Kulik for on a like a two on one breakaway kind of thing the other day. So. Um, they're, I think they're going to let him play out the rest of, uh, the rest of the, 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 the three games till he has to, before they have to make a decision on right. him to back, um, which I think kind of times out perfectly with Benson because he can yeah. play three more games. Like he could play if he plays Wednesday in Philly, Friday at home against Philly, then Saturday in Toronto, that's three more games. That's nine times out pretty perfect with Savoy schedule. Then you can right. just. Bring, I mean, now, mind you, you can keep Benson around. Like, you don't have to send it. Like, if he's at nine, you can keep around. But if you scratch him, you're playing somebody else. Um, they could bring Savoy back. And they might. I, I think there's a good possibility. Like, if you send Benson back, you bring in Savoy. But with Comrie on IR, and depending on Le Devin Levi's health, because that will depend on if they got to bring Devin Cooley back in to be the backup. It's, we're playing, you know, all kinds of, like, Matt, you know, musical chairs here but right um what could happen though is if if levi's good to go okay cooley stays in rochester great that opens up a spot to call somebody up mm -hmm. so okay you can call up anybody probably get a look at cooley because why not he's scoring like crazy he's got nine points in seven games or whatever it is right now six goals like kind of earned a look if you score six goals in your first seven games you know, it, it's worth a peek, especially, especially with whatever's going on with Olafson. Like, you know, Olafson was originally—I think he was originally supposed to be in the in, on the 
in the game on Sunday against Colorado, but they changed to Tyson Jones yeah. instead because Olsen skated on the, the line, that line in practice the day before. I remember that. I remember not. seeing you tweet out the lines. That's I was surprised on Sunday. Let me ask yeah. you a question about Olsen before we pivot back to Benson. And uh, well, mm-hmm. maybe this is related. If the Sabres, if he's just going to keep getting scratched at some point, and this is a legit question because I don't know the answer. Yeah. If the Sabres wanted to, to waive him, like, mm-hmm. could they waive all? And I know they don't want to waive him. I, I know right. that. They want to get something for him. I understand. And the guy mm-hmm. did score 20 some goals a year ago. I get that. But let's just say if they get to a point where they're saying he's almost unplayable right now and they mm-hmm. want to play Kulik and they want to play Savoy or Benson, whoever combination yeah. it might be, can mm-hmm. they waive Olison? And then if no one claims him, then he would go to, then he could get sent to Rochester, but he'd have to go through waivers first. Hypothetically, is that what they could do? If they if they waive them and nobody claimed them, they could send them to Rochester then. Okay, but um, do you see that as a possibility? Him being a, waived, I think that if that happened, I think that's them admitting like we're we're kind of done with him. Sure, yeah, because because uh, like what are you doing at that point? Like if you're scratching them already, you're like, mm, well, I feel like you're at that point a couple of times. So it's like it's like all right, well, you know, maybe you're and you know, listen, you probably want a more defensive lineup against Colorado. Let's be real. Um, they're far too dangerous to, you know, to maybe have somebody who might not be as helpful defensively. Jost is very helpful defensively. And then he scored a goal on top of it. So you're like, all right, well, what, what is, you're looking at Victor at that point going like, what do you do around here again? Like, I'm not sure, but, um, but it's then you're paying him four plus million dollars to play in Rochester and that nobody wants to be doing that. No team wants to have a guy making that much money playing in your AHL team. Like it's just, that's, that's the way it goes. But. You know, uh, if I, I've been saying, like, if they trade them, they have to eat 50% of the contract no matter what. Like, they just have to. You know, they, you know, and they can, like, that's, they can afford it. That's fine. But if that's what it takes to make a deal, then I, I don't know. I would, it sucks to have to pay a guy to go play for somebody else. But, you know, at that point, I'm like, trade him to somebody in the Western Conference. So you don't, you see him once, twice, maybe, never again. But, um, it's it, it's his confidence that, has to be shot though, Joe. I mean, what what confidence could this young man yeah. have right now at this point, being scratched as much as he has? I just feel like this team essentially it feels to me just as an outside person. I'm not covering a team like you are. You would know way yeah. better than I ever would, but it just feels to me like this team's almost at a point where unless they absolutely need him, they're already done with him. Maybe I'm wrong. It's you're not you know you're not wrong. Uh, I think that's I think that's part of the thing is that you're not wrong about that. Um, you know his, his you know he doesn't have any of the raw numbers like he doesn't you know he's got like what a point maybe uh, maybe he's got a, maybe did he get a goal yet I don't or is he had does they, I'm trying to look really quickly. I don't think he's you. I don't, no he has no points so nope. you know it, you know when he does play he's playing 12 minutes a game and his fancy stats are. I mean, right now you're talking about like six games worth of stuff, like whatever, uh, are the worst that he's put up in his career. So it's all signs are pointing to like, it's time, like he's got to go. But the time to move him was over the summer for me, you know, like that, you know, Quinn, you know, Jack Quinn had taken over like, okay, well that was Victor's spot. Jack's it's Quinn's spot now for, you know, the rest of his career probably. And then you're like, all right, well, if Olsen's not playing somewhere in your top six, do you really want him on your third line? Well, you can play him on your third line as long as your third line's got some skill to it too. Right. But he's got to be more defensively responsible in that spot, which he wasn't last year. He was not very reliable there. So 
so you're thinking you're like well there's other guys that we can play in that spot over top of them at that point you're like well he's not in our lineup then so but you know quinn blows out his achilles and you're like well maybe victor will take this chance and run with it and hasn't happened it hasn't happened and you know and then you know benson comes in and plays crazy good in preseason and then okay the spot you had for olafson is now taken up by by an 18 year old and then you're like well if it wasn't that 18 year old it would have been 19 year old savoy taking the spot you're like what are we doing here like like, what are we doing with victor so i mean it it stinks because victor's a great guy i love victor like crazy he's such a good guy but man it just it ain't happening right now and it we were saying this for three months last year like it just ain't happening it's not working it's probably time to say goodbye but you you know you're talking what 10 teams are 10 teams have at least i think two million or one million in cap space and the sabers are one of those 10 teams so you're so you're looking at teams where you could like maybe try to squeeze them off somewhere else but there's nowhere else you can go because you know because if you eat half of it it's two million dollars against the cap that some other teams gonna have to pay for them so it's tough that's why I asked about the wave question because I mean, yeah. it just if if he's untradeable, you know, right now at, at this point, so that's, you know the, the waving thing is tough too because all right, you wave him, you send him to Rochester. Do you want him taking minutes away from your young guys down there? No, no, no. like that's the that's that's another part of it. Like I mean, sure, you could maybe find him. You know, you can send him to it. Like have him play for another AHL team, reassign them to like somebody else's team. Like, I don't know. Chicago has no affiliate right now. I'm pretty sure, or sorry, Chicago Wolves in the AHL. I have to be careful. Chicago Black Chicago Blackhawks do have an AHL affiliate. Chicago Wolves are an un- unaffiliated AHL team. I'm pretty sure you could loan Victor Olofsson there pretty easily. As long as you're paying the bills for him, they'd be okay with that. They'd happily take him on board. But on the other hand, you know, like what, like what else can you do? You're, you're kind of stuck at this point. So uh, it, it's, it's hard because, you know, again, Kulik's playing great. Rosane's playing great. You know, Savoy is, Savoy is probably looking at getting more of a look in the NHL soon. Uh, if, if you ask me, like if you send him Benson back, you're calling, you're bringing Savoy in to take that spot. Yeah. Uh, which gives him nine games to figure out if he's staying or not. So like you're, <laughs> You're kind of kicking the can down the road until Jack Quinn's ready to, you know, ready to practice and ready to play. Which, hey, there's worse things. <laughs> there's worse problems to do. But you I, know. I thought of that. I, my, I watched the game with my son, which, by the way, Joe is a lot of fun. I'm talking about Sunday's game. Yep. It is a lot of fun to watch hockey with him because he he's 20 years old, going on 21, and he is just now starting to embrace the sport and, mm-hmm. and really start to understand it a little bit and really follow the team. Not just, Hey, I got a Sabres jersey on because yeah. I'm living in Florida. I'm from Buffalo. So go Sabres. Like he's actually watching the freaking games nice. and paying attention to them, asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we, we talked about that on Sunday, like these young kids that are flying around and just wait till Jack Quinn gets back too. Yeah. it's going to be even mm-hmm. more exciting back to the Benson stuff. And I, the thing with me with Olsen is maybe they kept them around or didn't train them or give them away for nothing because maybe they weren't quite sure. I don't think they expected what they got from Benson no. in camp. You know, Savoy, you still, you don't know. So may, I get maybe mm-hmm. why you would still not just want to give Olofsson away for nothing anyway at the time, because Quinn's going to be gone until when he comes back. Mm-hmm. But now, all right, so let's say, so Comrie's on IR. 
Okay. And so that gives them as of right now, as we're taping this, they haven't filled that spot. Like they have a spot right. for right now. And let's say it would require Devin Levi being healthy too later this week so that yes. they don't have to bring up the goalie. But let's say Levi can come back this week. That still gives them that one extra roster spot. Is mm -hmm. it conceivable that when Savoy, those three games are up in Rochester, that he and both him and Benson are both here in the lineup for the Sabres? Could you see that as a possibility? Or are you pretty confident that it would be like, Kulik coming up and, and Benson going out or somebody I, else, maybe B-roll or somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Byro's healthy. He was out day to day uh, for a little bit. I was in Rochester last week and he didn't play in that game. It was just a little bit of a nick up and like, man, I, if he stays healthy, he's just such a good player. Yeah. Um, but like staying healthy has been a, has been an issue, but could be, you know, maybe it is, you know, maybe he's the guy that you call up and you're like, all right, man, you've earned it. You're healthy get up there now while you can, <laughs> you know, yeah. like we're, we're not going to, you know, you deserve this call up last year. It just didn't work out. Let's get you up there now. But do you see Zavoy um, and Benson potentially both of them being with the Sabres at the same time? It theoretically, hypothetically, it could happen. Hypothetically, I'm could. not saying it should, or it will. I'm just saying it could, if you had that extra roster spot and they decide to call them up, both of them. Yeah. Up. It, I find that one a little tougher. Mm -hmm. um, to have them both in the lineup at the same time, because again, remember Savoy doesn't have any NHL games experience. Like yeah. he's got, he's got five games of AHL experience right now, two in the playoffs last year where, you know, that was trial by fire. Um, and now three games so far this year. Now, by the time that he's ready to come up, he'll have six ideally, you know, again, right. knock on wood, injury, whatever, but, um, well, not necessarily in the lineup, though, but both on the roster, like maybe one plays and one doesn't, and then you'd have two forward you, scratches instead of yeah. one. You could, you could, but you're talking about taking away possible options for your lineup if they, you know, if, if there's an injury or whatever. Like, cause, right. you know, they've already had, like, it's already been like you have one extra forward, one extra defenseman because you've been carrying three goalies. Mm -hmm. So now you're at a spot where it's like, okay, well, one of the three goalies is out, probably going to be out for a few weeks. Yeah. Now we can have two, two forwards and a defenseman or two defensemen and a forward, right. you know, as, as your reserves. Like that. That's a lot more malleable, and plus, you know, your your top four guys, you know, well, all all your guys in your defensive lineup, you know, maybe some of those guys need a need a break here and there, and can swap guys out. You know, I mean, Clifton was is suspended, so like, you know, that gets yeah. Bryce in the lineup, and then you're then you're like, oh no, we don't have a backup on defense right now. So you know, you're you know, if a guy goes down, like say if say if somebody gets hurt in practice or something before they play Wednesday, then you're like, okay, well, now we got now we have to call up a defenseman. You know, so like that, just so you got an extra guy in the road, which mm -hmm. still might happen. Like that can still happen, sure. Um, because they don't like you don't like to go on a ro like a road trip, even a road trip of one game. You don't like to go up there without uh, a backup plan, and you're not going to play down five defensemen and and play thirteen forwards like that. Nobody does that shit in the NHL. You're just not doing it. But, um, but uh, but I I mean. Technically, yes, you could have Benson and Savoy on the roster at the same time, but you're kind of limiting your options, especially if Benson's at like that threshold. Like Savoy wouldn't be, but right. Benson would be pretty close to it, if not yeah. right at it. So I got three more games. Out, got like, three well, more games. Yeah. Right. And like if you're already thinking like you're gonna send them back, but you're like, oh well, you know, you could play them, but eh, we're not sure. But eh. but if you're already thinking we're gonna send them back, just send them back. You know, like take him up to that point, like because it's working for your roster right now. Like it's fine, and he's not playing badly. Like let's, you know, the penalties recently have been a little bit. Yeah, two Sunday. 
can't be doing that stuff. No. You know? And I felt bad. And like people have been adding Lance and I on Twitter because we talked about this before the season even began. Like after watching him in preseason, I'm like, dude's got to watch the stick. Yeah. If he doesn't watch his stick, he's going to be sitting in the box quite a bit. And then sure enough, like, he's that's like, exactly he's like, what happens. And you're like, no, like, uh, he's like a handsy defensive back in football, yeah. you know, getting called with those, you know, legal hands in the face, stuff like yeah. that. Like the, and equivalent. if you've been in the league eight years, you could probably get away with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you've been in the those, league for those vets, six games. One of those veterans no in the locker shot. room. Yeah, they come yeah, up. No shot, especially when it's like veteran dudes on the yeah. other side. Like, like, you're just not getting away with that. I think the, uh, what the hell was it? I think the one the the one slashing call like he slashed Nathan McKinnon's stick out of his hand, dude. Like yeah, uh, McKinnon should hang onto his stick. I'm like yeah, but also he got slashed on his stick. You drop that shit every time. Yeah, <laughs> like, get a call. And yeah. after McKinnon already shot his mouth off at the ref, like of course the ref is gonna make that call. Then like he's gonna be like, well, this guy's already called me a shithead once. I don't need to hear it again. <laughs> let, let me. <laughs> Let me ask you one more Benson and, and Sabres question before we end with a couple minutes here of football talk. Is it hypothetically, again, I keep using that word hypothetically. Right. It seems to be the theme of this podcast or in the Sabres segment anyway. And this, I saw this, a fan tweeted this at me. So if it's a good question, I ask you it. If it's a okay. shitty, if it's a shitty question, some stupid <laughs> fan put it in my mentions and I right. just thought I would pass it along to you, but it's not me asking you. <laughs> All right, so let's say Zach Benson's nine games are up mm -hmm. and the Sabres decide or they got to make their decision at that point. Mm -hmm. the, the fan who, who tweeted at me suggested that him he's so much better than the competition that he'll get sent down to because he would go to what, juniors, right? If, if he does, juniors, yeah. You can't, go, go, you can't go to the AHL. Right, so he can't go to the AHL. He has to go down to juniors. He might be so much better than that competition that it might not help his development and he might even potentially even develop maybe some bad habits from playing in an inferior league as opposed to saying, yes, it would definitely require the Sabres burning that first year of his contract. But even if he's a healthy scratch and even if he only plays 30, 35 games for the Sabres, you know, and the, the rest he's in the press box or whatever, that mm -hmm. might be more beneficial to him now and going forward than going to spend a, a year in juniors where he's just going to dominate and not really improve his game playing against that competition. Does that make sense? Where hypothetically, again, I say that word where right. the Sabres might keep Benson beyond the nine games, burn that first year. And just, he might be that, that extra that only plays 30, 35 games, almost like a backup goalie gets, you know, 35 yeah. to 40 games. What do you think about that? But possibility, unless it's a bad question, then I didn't ask you it. No, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a bad question. I think it's just a, I think it's like a probing one, just where you just kind of want to get the idea of, what's right what isn't and i understand mm -hmm. that um for me benson's gonna play for canada world juniors and if he doesn't the something's wrong <laughs> i mean the guy yeah. he put up like he was third in the western hockey league in scoring last year at 17 17 18 years old like he's gonna play for canada at the world junior championships this year and if he doesn't canada's management is insane um savoy didn't play for him last year but that has a lot more to do with like different kinds of political bs where he played he played a year in the ushl and like they're just like oh why didn't you play in the chl when you were 16 blah 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 blah, blah. and like, shut up just he's canadian right like <laughs> you want a good canadian player don't you like well yeah. yeah but like why not that guy well you know like, stupid shit like that benson didn't take that road benson benson's on canada's radar right away he'll he'll play 
if he doesn't play for Canada World at the World Juniors, like your team better be super, super gods. <laughs> because again, I point out Connor Bedard was number one in scoring. Some 20-year-old, some 20-year-old undrafted prospect was second. Benson was third. Like you're you're talking two of the youngest guys. And you know the next super god of hockey were like the top three scores in the in the Western Hockey League last year. Yeah. Benson's going to play there, um, so I it, it's it's and I get being worried that he'll regress. The way I look at it is that Benson's learning a lot of like the NHL necessary habits now, like both on and off the ice. Okay, yeah, and those are the things that he would take with him there, so he would make his teammates better by proxy by being able to do that. Do you mean, um, Joe, do you mean stuff like even off the ice stuff too, like, like rest and nutrition and yes. things like that, being things at the like NHL, that, yes. travel, all this little things that maybe fans will think about. Yeah. 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 Things like that, but also like the timing and what he can and can't get away with at the okay. next level. Like there's different, uh, there was, uh, what the hell game was it? It was the game against Calgary where, um, the first two minutes, I think it was the second, was the second period. I think it was the second period or second or third. Period, I forget, but like the Sabres had control of the puck for like the first two minutes of the period and like, you know, globe trotted them the whole thing. And Benson got the puck and was like, we can keep this going. And instead of putting the puck down, like send it down the corner, or let his teammates go after it. Cause he'd already been out there for like, you know, 90 seconds, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He took the puck to the middle of the ice thinking like, I can, I can take it here and create from here. And he got trucked by Dennis Gilbert. And then that turned into a four on two the other way for Calgary. And they scored on it. That was a junior hockey play. Now I'm not going to kill Benson for it. Cause like, yeah, I get, I get the mentality. He's 18, like whatever, like wants to make something good happen. I get it. Totally understand it. But that's not a play you make in the NHL. Like that's, that's, that's a junior hockey play. And I'm like, Live and learn because he li- he lived and he learned that he can't make that right. Play. He knows he's got to get the puck in the corner and let them let everything keep going. Even though he knows we've got this team on the ropes, we can get a goal here soon. We keep doing this. And he thinks I, c- I can make this happen against other 16, 17, 18 year olds. Yes, you can make that happen against guys who have been around for a long time. No chances are pretty minimal. You're going to be able to make that happen. So he learned that there. That's not a play he'll make at the net like that's not a play that he'll defer to first when he go if he goes back to juniors like i got you he'll be thinking like no no I, there's a smarter play that we can do here where you know again he could get away with it there but like that's not the smart play like it's things like that that he's learning now that he'll take with him that will make him an even better player in juniors if you know if when he goes back there that kind of stuff I don't worry about. Like th- now, I know the whole situation when Ashy's been kind of messed up. Like Kevin Constantine was there, then he got let go because he was being a jackass about something. I, I don't. All we know is that he was being bad, bad person, bad things. Get out! Mm-hmm. Of there. Their coach now is Roy Sommer, who was coaching in the AHL for a couple of years for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a long time respected coach. He's there now. That's a much that calms that whole thing down so that you feel a little bit better. The only problem with Nachi is that they're really thin. 
Like they're really, that's a really thin team. And, you know, without Savoy, without Benson, like I think they've got like what Connor Geeky is there. He's really good. They don't have a whole lot else. So there's a good chance he ends up playing for somebody else at some point. Like when actually just like trade him for like nine first round picks. And like that, that junior hockey trades are like that. They're like, ah, trade this really good guy for like the next five first round picks from some team that'll be good for five years, like whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't worry about him going somewhere else and, you know, just picking up all the bad habits again and then bringing him back with him when he's trying to make the team next year. That's not going to happen. He's learned, he's learned a lot of what it takes to be a better, to be a pro, to be an NHL player that he'll take with him wherever he goes. Yeah. That sounds um, sensible on the ice. And like I said, off the ice, I'm sure as well, just part of be, being a grown up, how you mm -hmm. conduct yourself, all those factors oh, that yeah. a professional athlete, you know, that, that they learn, he's had the advantage of, of being with the team for as long as he has. So, you know what, actually that does uh, make good sense. It's going to be an interesting week for the Sabres, home and home against Philly, yeah. Toronto on Saturday. And then, like I said, decision time when it comes to Benson and Savoy. Uh, by this time next week, we should have a pretty yeah. clear indication of uh, how that's going to go down. Before I let you go, big week for the Bills here, football. Mm -hmm. uh, they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, no other way to put it to me. It is measuring stick time. For yeah. the Buffalo Bills, they are playing a team that is, first of all, they're a really good football team. Mm -hmm. Secondly, after a really shitty start, in part because of a quarterback who was very unhealthy, he's healthy now. Mm -hmm. They they beat up on San Francisco pretty good. I watched that entire game yeah. on Sunday. Um, I, I can make a case for you right now that Cincinnati might be the most complete team in the NFL. We've both been pretty high on Cincinnati for a while. I'll go yeah. back to two, years two off seasons ago. <laughs> we literally did an episode about the Bengals being so underrated and under the, mm -hmm. under the radar. Nobody was talking about them. This was yeah. after they got to the AFC championship. This is after they went to the Super Bowl that yeah. off season. Nobody talked about them. And then they almost went back again last year. Anyway, this is a good team. This is a battle tested team mm -hmm. and the bills we don't know how we're supposed to feel about this football team right now. They've had some really high points of the season, beating Miami. They, they've had some really shitty parts. Losing to the Patriots is just absolutely humiliating. Mm -hmm. the, the metrics, you know, you talked about this on the hockey side earlier. The advanced, the fancy stats say that the Bills are one of the best teams in the NFL offensively. The points scored suggest that they're one of the best teams right now in the NFL offensively, but... We've seen them struggle a lot, too. So mm -hmm. they're playing a team right now. Again, the Bills have beaten up on some pretty shitty teams, just like the Miami Dolphins have beaten up on a lot of shitty teams this year. Yep. Well, this ain't a shitty team. Uh, they beat the Bills last year in the playoffs 27-10. It felt like it was 47-10. to 10. May yep. as well have been because it was so one-sided. Of course, um, they're also going back to the place what happened last year in primetime yep. with DeMar which, by the way, nobody likes to talk about this, but Cincinnati was well on their way. It's, it appeared to beating the shit out of the Bills in that game as well. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't know, as a Bills fan, I, I need to see this game because I need to know where the Bills are at, but it is not a matchup much to my liking. One last point too, Joe. My guy, Tone Pucks. Bills <laughs> fan, not a homer. He literally, for two weeks running now, is talking about taking every single penny that he can muster up and own and bet on the Bengals this week. Oof. Yeah. Oof. What are you well, thinking, I, man? As I'm a thinking, Bills watcher. The, th the thing that's got me about the Bills the last few weeks is that 
it's a it's maddening to try to keep up with the the takes and everything on social media because you'll lose your goddamn mind yeah. everything everything just it's makes bad. me feel like i'm a crazy person i have zero ties to this team and i'm well, like you know, half the people well yeah that, right i just paying attention to the team because if, if it, it would be impossible not to living here um but you have half the you know half the fan base and half the you know the you know, bloggers writers whatever saying like no everything's good everything's fine it's great and then people who are kind of pointing out like well this part isn't so good to be like shut up nerd it ain't like that like just stuff like that where i'm like i don't yeah, know you can't you can't have like it doesn't that, seem like you can have like an objectively i guess yeah, i know you want to call it negative just having an objective take on like how the how they're performing without having people being like oh well, you don't believe in them oh you, why do you hate them why do you hate this play like yeah. It's tough. Okay. It's tough on either it's side hard. of the fence. It's hard. It's hard to be objective, but yeah, right. I but get you know, uh, keeping up with the the Tampa game on Twitter was fascinating because you had half the people saying like trying to throw flowers at every coordinator player, being like, "Oh, they play great. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was this." And then you know, like I get it. Like they parked it. They parked the bus in the fourth quarter. They were just like, "We're not going to do anything else. We're we're going to win. It's fine. Like whatever." And it, which was fine, but they punted twice on fourth and two in Tampa territory because yeah. they were up three touchdowns. Uh, well, I mean, well, one time it's you know with five minutes to go, like no, throw pin them deep, make them have to work ninety yards to get downfield, whatever. But like, I'm still looking at a team that has, and again, Bills fans being like, "Well, we never get the calls," and then two two games against really really bad teams where they got the calls, especially at the very end of the game. <laughs> yeah, that should have been pass interference. Probably shouldn't have gotten calls. It's crazy. It's like, it blows my know, mind. That's like, lost that game. Right. <laughs> the Bills game, uh, the Giants game three. too. Should have won like, both those games could have been else too. So I, I don't know. They're, they're a maddeningly confusing team, and it brings me back to like Allen's first couple of years where it's like, oh, you, you know, some games you're like, oh man, they could beat the world. They beat everybody. And then you know they're losing to new england or they're playing like dog crap against the giants or it's it's one of these things and you're like i don't know man and then people will be like well you know they put up all these points against uh against the raiders and washington and i'm like yeah well so do the bears that's <laughs> why i want that's why i want them to play to, on. that's why i want them to play the Bengals. i want to see i think this definitively tells you where the bills are at if it's a competitive game win or lose i'm like all right this team could play with anybody win or lose if, yeah. they, if they blow the Bengals out, you're going to be really high on them. And you know what? You should be. If you blow out the Bengals on the road, you should be high on the Bills. If you get your asses taken to the yard, mm -hmm. then you're like, then now you know. Throw those fancy stats in the freaking garbage. Yeah. Because just, you're not I, as good as the Bengals. It's time to start finding out what this team is. I that's and I think that's the part that bothers me the most about them is I don't know what the hell kind of team this is. I watched, you know, I watched that Miami game up close and like Miami's a pretty either. good team and they smoked the shit out of them. Like, okay, did they hulk up for a game? Was Miami too high in their own supply after putting 70 up on the Broncos? I don't know. I have no friggin' idea. But like that's like the one game where I'm like, well, that's what they can do. That's what they're capable of doing. That's something that they can do. But like the Washington and the Raider games, those don't impress me. Like that, like cool. You beat the snot out of a couple of dog shit teams. Great way to go. But like, you know, games against 
New England should have should have beat the garbage out of them. Didn't should have beat the Giants by fifty. One barely, you know, should have smoked Tampa Bay. Right. I watched Tampa Bay against Detroit. They didn't. At, Tampa Bay was at home and they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. They lost twenty, like twenty three to six or something like that. They did yeah. nothing. Yeah. And you know, and listen, don't give me, don't give me the well. Detroit's really good. Don't give me that crap because the Bills are supposed to be better than everybody else in the league except for like three teams, two, three teams tops. But yeah. like. You know, you, you got them at home, beat them by 40, beat them by 50, you know, beat these dog crap teams and show a lesson. It, and don't think you're kings of the world after doing it either. Like, be, you know, it's like that, that stupid, like Bill's magnet thing, like, be, you know, be hu hungry, be humble. And like, they've never, they've never been either of those things. You know, they've <laughs> never been truly hungry. They're never humble. If they're, they beat the shit out of somebody, they're just always yap, 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 yap. Just, just go do your thing. Beat somebody by 30 and be like, all right, who's next? Like I, just be that way. It's an opportunity on, on Sunday. I listen. I wrap it up here. I feel like the Bills are a tale of of two two teams. It's the offense and the defense. On the offensive mm -hmm. side of the ball, I truly and this is objective. No homer takes here for me. I truly think the Bills' offense is good enough to to win a championship. I do. Mm -hmm. They got an elite quarterback. They got an elite receiver. A good enough offensive line. An emerging rookie tight end. And they've shown over the last couple of weeks, they got some secondary weapons in Cook and Shakir, guys who are capable of making plays. Gabe Davis had nine catches last week after having won the week before. I get the, the inconsistency. It's maddening. But here's my point. Offensively, it's there. It's about execution, just like with hockey. You know, you got to execute at the mm -hmm. end of the day, get all the great matchups and skilled players, but you got to execute. On the offensive side of the ball, it's there. Is the coaching going to be good? Are they going to be able to execute? What's their philosophy going to be? Because to me, the, the Johnnies and the Joes are there on the offense. Defense is the other. That's a different story. The defense, to me, I think Sean McDermott, despite how much fans hate him for so many reasons, I think he is a good defensive coach. He always has been. Yeah. I think he matches up well. I, I like his defensive philosophies. But my issue with the defense is the Johnnies and the Joes, not the X's and the O's, because they lost straight. They lost Milano. They lost to Quan Jones. Ed Oliver's playing at less than 100%. So mm -hmm. is Greg Rizzo. Vaughn Miller, we all know he ain't no 101%, although mm -hmm. he did show some promising signs, I will say, Thursday night against Tampa. But anyway, my point is this, Joe. I just don't feel like they have the horses right now on defense to, mm -hmm. to win a championship. So it's not about execution. I think it's a talent discrepancy between the offense in the defense. And I feel like that's what's ultimately going to doom them. And again, I keep going back to the same thing. I think we're going to mm -hmm. start to get some real answers now starting on a uh, Sunday night against a real football team. Yeah. It's, it's the, it, you know, bills are, you know, they've got some confidence going into this game. You win a game, you get confidence. That's how it works in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's good that they've got that, but like Cincinnati, whatever was wrong with burrow the first like four weeks of the season, it, it ain't there now. He was running because Sunday I against went Bristol. back and looked at that schedule and was like, boy, they lost some teams. They shouldn't have been losing. Like you lose the Baltimore. Baltimore seems pretty good now. Like you know, Lamar seems to be mm -hmm. feeling himself. So like, that's, that's a little scary on their part, but like, I don't, you know, you lose some of these dumb games. They barely beat the Rams and you're like, that wasn't the real team. Now this is the team, you know, they, made, Pur they made Purdy look stupid. They made Purdy look awful. In oh, that game. Yeah, He's yeah, good. Yeah. He's yeah. very good with that team, but I, I, I don't know. This is, this is, it's, it's a fascinating matchup because you're going to find out a lot about, I think both teams in this one, because if Cincinnati ain't for real, it's going to be close or Buffalo can, can put, you know, 30, 35 on them. But if the bills ain't for real and the Bengals are for real, it could be a long night. That could it's, be a real long night because that defense, 
I mean, yeah, it's not an excuse if it's real. And having without White, without without Milano, without DeQuanja, without those guys, man, you're asking a lot. You're yeah. asking a lot of those guys, and it's that's going to be it's got a potential mess written all over it. Let me point one more thing out to you. And by the way, as we're taping this, the Bills are signing Leonard Fournette to the practice squad. I got no issue with that. He His ceiling to me is better than Latavius Murray. I'm good with it. As long as he's not chewing away snaps from James Cook as the season mm-hmm. winds down. That's all I care about. But anyway, this potentially, if as we're, t- as we're taping this, the Bills have not made a trade, okay? And I don't want to speak on what happens because people will listen to this overnight or in the morning and the Bills mm-hmm. might make a trade later Tuesday. But if the Bills, if Brandon B does not make a trade, and if Cincinnati soundly beats the Bills, like my guy Tone Bucks is willing to bet his life on, is going to happen. Twitter might be an historically all-time, epically ugly place to be for Bills Twitter come mm-hmm. next Monday morning if the Bengals put it on the Bills and Brandon Bean did not go out and try to add, whether it's to the offense or the defense, mm-hmm. that shit is going to get ugly. Yeah, I promise you that, man. Yeah, he can't go out, he can't go out and add like a third string lineman to deepen up the line oh. either on either side of the ball, like no. <laughs> offense or defensive line. You can't no. just go out and get some dude that for a seventh round pick and call it a day. Yeah, they, uh, you got to do. I, it's hard. Like I get it. It's hard to make trades, but there's a bunch of real big loser teams out there with players that you could probably probably pull for like a you know for like a second round pick or a third round pick. We already saw Seattle do it with uh, with the with uh, Harrison from from the Giants. So you can you can make a move. It's just whether you want to give up the draft capital to do it because the player uh, giving up a player ain't gonna do it. But yeah, I don't want I don't want I don't want to go on a, a trade tangent because. By the time most some people at least listen to this will know what they have done, I'll I'll save that for a, for the afterwards. I want to end with one thing. Got about three five minutes, three to five minutes here. I'm going to throw up a graphic again from 80s and 90s. Okay, on the audio side, I'll explain it. I want you to keep three. The game is called Keep Three. All right, I got 15 shows up on the screen. You get to keep three. You're punting the other 12. Let me run them off because most people are listening, not watching here. Boy Meets World. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Family Matters, Full House, Home Improvement, Saved by the Bell, Martin, Growing Pains, The Wonder Years, Seinfeld, Beverly Hills 90210, Mary with Children, Friends, Cheers, and Roseanne. So you get to keep three. There's 15 up here. You got to get rid of the rest. What are we doing here? Keep three. Can we keep three? You gotta, you gotta keep three, only three. I thought this was easy at first blush, but it is there. There's two shows that are gonna really pain me for for cutting them. Okay. Um, for me, the top three are very easy. The uh, top three, the top three, are easy. Uh, you only get to keep three. Correct. Right. That's what I mean. Like it's easy, oh. but like if you you're talking about like because I think the top three separate themselves well, but like that four and five, you also don't want to get rid of, but like. Them's the breaks. Like you got You got to You got to say goodbye. Right, um, we keep. Who are we keeping? So we're keeping. We're keeping the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay. That's a, that is an all time show. Sure. That is that is a great perfect sitcom. Um, we're keeping Seinfeld again. Perfect Agreed. show. 
Those first two are easy, I think. It's the third one where I I struggle. You can only keep if you can only keep one more. Yeah, um, the third one's Cheers. Again, it's a perfect show, uh, and you know, and it's a show where, like Seinfeld, some of the humor has kind of aged out. Or you know, in Cheers's case, there's probably a few episodes you can't air today. For, oh, definitely not. Subject matter uh, and yeah. how things were worded at the time. <laughs> but, get a, um, there's some sexual harassment lawsuits in yeah, today's world watching Cheers. A hundred percent. Or living it, I should say. Yeah. Living out then, Cheers. Some, you know, and some of the ways some of the things were handled, like less than good compared to how it should be handled today. But of course. Um, yeah. But those three shows are are all timers for me. All right. Give me one what, or two tough cuts, though. What are, What's a one or two tough cut? My two toughest cut. And like, both you and I are are profound friends haters, so I'm not saying friends. Even though no. friends would probably be the one where everybody's like, "No, no. you got to keep friends." I'm not keeping. No. I'm never keeping. Agreed. Peace, 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 peace. Out. I like Matt, very <laughs> much respect, but I ain't picking friends either. That's an easy um, one. The other two for me are Roseanne because mm-hmm. I I will go to bat for that show. The not the version of Roseanne that came back. We're talking about the TV show. Years. I'm yep, talking the about original, the OG. Version. The original version is a brilliant show. I agree. Um, and Married with Children, honestly. Mm. Raunchy. It was raunchy. It pushed every limit back in the day. And it was like that and The Simpsons were like Fox's like two big home run hitters for sitcoms. And Married with Children, I mean, yeah, like very borderline in how it was in how it handled a lot of things, but it was looking at it now, it was very kind of ahead of ahead of what it was at the time because at the time it was like what is this show we kids can't watch this yeah you watch some of those episodes now and you're like oh man this was really well done it was <laughs> really smart ed o'neill was so damn good so was katie seagal holy smoke she was great um that's a great show that's a that is a legit great show and so is martin martin yeah. oh man like i watched martin constantly could it's i remember show, underrated hundred percent. Could I, could I remember episodes by like, you know, by, by memory? Absolutely not. But like, that was a show that was real damn good. And Martin Lawrence, I mean, this is pre Martin Lawrence going kind of off the deep end was hilarious. Like that yeah. show is, is incredibly funny. And Tisha Campbell was awesome. She was so good at putting Martin in his place. Every episode, just being like, get out of here. You loser. Like, just great. That was that was such a damn good show. Everything else, like there's bits that I liked. I, I think I was maybe just out of the realm of Boy Meets World, like maybe by a year. If I was a year younger, that show was probably like right in my pantheon of like great Friday, the, the mm-hmm. Friday shows. Family Matters lost so much steam late. Like that show was on forever. And like the last like five years of it are just like get off my TV, please. Yeah. <laughs> Saved by the bell, never liked. Uh, full house, fine. Like it was, it was really good. Like whatever. That was corny. It but was I like corny now as I'm older. Right at the time, yeah. I was like, this is corny and not in yeah. a good way. And like I, like I corny, watched it like constantly. That TGIF lineup, man. Like I watch that shit all the time. Yeah. Home Improvement, eh? Whatever. Wonder Years, it's really good. But that's that's mine, man. That <laughs> that's my tough cut. Wonder Years to me would be my. I agree. Your three are my three too. By the way, okay. and in that and in that order too. I would fresh Prince. Okay. See, I was not saying them in order. I was just like, those are my oh, three. Like yeah, I wasn't rank. I wasn't ranking. Oh. That's well, fresh Prince know. and Seinfeld were easy for me. And it came down to cheers, which I ultimately would have taken as well. But the one year's was my toughest cut. Um, mm. Home improvement, by the way, 
it's right up there with friends is one of the most overrated shows. Yeah. I thought, I thought that show sucked. I was never a big Tim Allen guy. Mm -hmm. I, I never really thought it was, uh, that funny. I was kind of into 90210. I ain't going to lie to you, man. Back in the day, I was a little bit into that. Not enough to be one of my top three though. See, it's, it's kind of funny that that shows in that mix with like all of these. Cause that was like a drama. Everything else of this is like kind of, I yeah, wonder years was a drama too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Everything else was kind of sitcom comedy. Yeah. Anyway. But, and Saved by the Bell was like, what, a Saturday afternoon show? Saturday morning, dude. That shit was on at like 9, 9.30 in the morning on Man. on Saturdays. I, I kind of like, I, I didn't watch it at the time, but kind of liked it when I got older. I ain't going to lie. See, that was prime Pee Wee's Playhouse time for me. <laughs> that, that was my Saturday morning. To give you an idea of like the kind of humor I have, Pee Wee's Playhouse was was it for me, dude. Like that was, that was must that was must watch TV for me every Saturday before going and doing any like basketball or bowling or baseball, whatever it was, whatever I was doing on Saturday, Saturdays as a kid, it was Pee Wee's Playhouse was first up. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for the show. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Yurden. Subscribe to Noted Hockey, www.notedhockey.com. See, I got rid of the Substack part. I know that's not in I don't know. Getting better at that. <laughs> of course, make sure you check out Maintenance Day Podcast. In fact, the newest episode is actually out now with Joe and Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News. Dude, day off for the Sabres, so I got to steal you, man. I always appreciate you having on, buddy. I always like having you on, man. Thank you so Dude. much. Thanks. No, thanks for having me. And it was, it's always a treat to be on, man, every time. So uh, it's good, always good to catch up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.